Welcome back, everybody, to the Spread the Good Stuff podcast. I am your host, Bron Carlee, better known as the Good Stuff Guy, where we bring inspiration right to your inbox. Now, today, I have an amazing guest with us. Uh, this is a very special human being who's doing amazing things in the world. She is a speaker, dancer, a people coach, the president and human experience master at Illuminated Hospitality. She's my trusted colleague and friend. It is an honor to welcome to the podcast, Karen Lasher. Karen, welcome. Ah, well, thank you. It's so I'm so honored to be here with you. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good. To, it's great to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> Any time shared with you is is great time. So I'm looking forward to spending this time with you and chatting about good stuff. Yes, right on, sister. And you already you already put a plug for for our movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to jump right in and ask you. Uh, my first question is: What brings you joy in life? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked that in that that way, because I've kind of figured out that for me, that joy, I find joy by showing up as myself <laughs> in all of my truth with love, like to the moment. And every time I do that, I feel like I'm planting little seeds of joy that then when I go and do the things that I love to do, like hike or dance, particularly dance, it just, it's like all those little seeds just sprout and you're just like explosions of joy. And even when nothing else, when nothing, nothing else happens, it's, I've found that the thing, the things that I'm doing aren't what bring, it's, brings me joy. It's how I'm being. And if I'm being myself with love, it's just joy. Like everything is joy. <laughs> Love that. So it's not the what specifically, it's the how. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. The, and it took me a long time to get to that, right? I think, I think we oh, I think we all struggle with that. Like we think those epic vacations and the whatever we just bought, you know, the new shoes, a new outfit, what all those things are gonna bring us joy. And joy is an is, is an inside job, right? It's just an inside job. And I believe it all comes from just being who we are with love. That's powerful. I really love that. One of my first mentors, uh, he he would all he had me do this really crazy thing where um, his his philosophy was how you do anything is how you do everything, mm -hmm. and he actually had me for my my like homework or integration exercises. I had to wash silverware, and it was very like kung fu, you know, very like martial arts, you know, trainer, you know, grasshopper kind of thing. But he had me do that because it was a meditation practice to put that love and that, you know, omnipresent undercurrent into the washing of the silverware. <laughs> right. Right. Because so much of life is just the everyday, the everyday stuff, right? Like going to the grocery store can be a joyful experience. Yeah. 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 And I love that because you, I, you're one of those people and, you know, we've worked together, uh, you know, quite a bit and you're one of those people that I feel has optimism, joy, uh, you know, possibility on the forefront of your mind or on the forefront of your mental search engine, as I like to say, tell me about that. Like when you, when you go to the, the, the basic everyday things, like you mentioned the grocery store running errands, things like that, are, are you constantly like, you know, searching for opportunities to spread that? Yeah, no, I'm just searching. I'm mostly just trying to be, I'm just yeah. trying to be me. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's my nature. 
And I believe that that's, I mean, I truly believe that's my purpose. I truly believe that, that hospitality has always been my purpose. And, and I was lucky to figure that out early in my career. And so I always did work that lit me up because it's who I, because it's my purpose. But I really feel that I've always been that glass half full, that optimistic, that like joy for life. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that that's the only way that you experience joy. I think people that are not glass half full people, there's a reason for that. And as long as they're being that in the world, then, then you get the same amount of joy. So I just try to show up as me <laughs> and with, with like, so, and not have it be a chore, right? Like to remind myself constantly, like, Hey, we're driving right now. Like, okay, let's drive right now. Right. Let's do this right now. It's that moment being in the now, being in the now with your whole self, your whole being, and just letting that shine. Um, I think, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, some people would call that mindful practice or mindfulness, and you are just being, I mean, you really are. And I've seen that in, in so many different, different things that you do. Would you talk uh, a little bit about, you had a super cool gig. I don't know if you're still doing it or, or what, but you had such a cool gig that you were doing on the top of mountains and you were doing what, what you refer to as people coaching and catalyzing, uh, hundreds and thousands of people every day. Can you talk about that? Because I, your work that you were doing on the mountaintops was just so cool to me. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, that started as a, where I had kind of figured out like what had got me to this point of joy. And I recognized that it was really a frontline service job that allowed me to learn that essential thing about being. And when I was being in service to another person that everything just lit up. And so I started that as a, as a way to kind of practice it, test it out. Like, can I really do this? Can I really show up as a lifty on a mountain and change lives and, 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 and help people? Um, and I could, and it was awesome. And really quick for people who don't know what a lifty is, it's basically somebody who's working on top of like an epic mountain, which happened to be Mount Hood. Is that right? Yes, Mount Hood. Yeah. And, and basically at a, like a ski resort, ski slope and helping, you know, just, in, you know, te- teaching people how to get on and off the ski, uh, the ski lift and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And lifties are notoriously kind of like, if you have a stereotypical lifty, it is a 20 something dude who wants to just snowboard all day or ride all day and maybe, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm like not at all the mold of a lifty in any way, shape or form. And I, uh, my job was to run the line, but there was these big long lines. And this year it was super challenging because you also had the whole COVID pandemic experience. Mm-hmm. And so masks were really important. And so it was learning how to, when people didn't have their mask on, how to always have that be an opportunity to see them with love and not assume that they're being a jerk or trying to be a jerk. They just forgot. And so it was a constant practice for me to stand in that, in that truth. But, um, yeah, so basically I just, I just showed up and it was perfect for me because I just cranked tunes all day and danced. And that's how I ran the line. You know, it's like, if I'm going to stand out here and like 
manage a line, I'm going to do it with some fun. And, and, yeah. and I would remind people all the time, you know, you're skiing, you're recreating right now. And I seem to be having more fun than you are. So come on, let's work <laughs> on that. Right. Like, you know, I'd be like getting down and then people would be coming yeah. through like, what's going on? I was like, come on, you're on a mountain. You're yeah. on a mountaintop. You're yeah. on a volcano. Let's have some fun. Let's get down with life. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, what I learned from that is the simplest of jobs can have the greatest impact. Because mm. the number of people that have reached out to me via social media, because you could, you know, sort of connect that way, and reached out to me in the last couple of weeks, it just ended. Um, m- Saturday was the last day. Saturday, May 1st was the last day of the mountain. And for the last three weekends, people came up to me on a regular basis and to say, hey, I just want you to know that you, every single day when I saw you, my day got better. Like I'd come around and I'd see you standing there and I'd know you were there at the, at the lift and my whole, my whole day got better. And so that mean that says a lot, you know, in the simplest of jobs, we, we make, we have impact. And, and I know that it's about energy that I show up with love that people might just think that I'm having a great time, but I'm really consciously every morning when I go on, when I'm riding the bus up the mountain, I'm setting up myself to say, I'm going to love everyone that comes through. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to be there as myself. And I know that people don't know that, but they feel it. Like that's the real thing about showing up with love at the grocery store. You don't have to say anything to anyone, anywhere you go. If you are just standing in love and your, your love and light, which is what I think we are, people feel that. You don't even have to say anything. You just smile and you just look at them and they're like, whoa, wow, what was that? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Uh, I have a lot that I want to unpack here with you. <laughs> the first thing I want to say is just because you talk about love and light, and I have a thing that I say with my my two boys, because I have two very spirited young boys, as you know, three and five, Nico and Elijah. And um, and one thing, when, whenever they fall and get hurt, because right now it's all about scraped knees and elbows, <laughs> and every time they fall, they come running to me and they say, Daddy, Daddy, heal me. And so I, I, I you know, take their, their arm or their leg Aww. and I hold it and I say, love and light, bring the joy, heal this beautiful little boy. And every time, and we bring it down and say, <laughs> Oh, I love that. So, uh, so very, very congruent in there. Uh, my friend, there are so many things to unpack. There, <laughs> one thing you said here was to not assume the worst in people when you were talking about the mask thing, but to assume the best. I love that so much. And I think that we can all use that as a, as a reminder, uh, you know, whether that's sitting in traffic or, you know, and somebody cuts you off or, mm-hmm. you know, or what, whatever that may be um, in, in, in any listeners, you know, life here, but to always assume the, always assume the best and kind of, you know, breathe that empathy and that compassion into every situation. Um, and, and, and you, and you do that. Um, and then, and then I love what you said, the simplest of jobs can have the greatest impact. How powerful is that? Cause you are breathing that that essence, that life force, that omnipresent undercurrent of, of joy. I mean, you're like, you're talking about, you're getting, people are on vacation. They're up skiing on the mountain. You're working and you're having as much or more fun as them. And you're like, come on guys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That is just, that is amazing. And then, and then I want to really touch on, and here's why I want to throw the ball back to you. Okay. You talked about uh, being on the bus and, Mm -hmm. you know, I really like to, 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 
um, to really talk about pregame and postgame experiences because doing the thing, you know, the concert, the performance, the, the game, the job, whatever it is, doing that thing, being engaged in that activity is very important. But what we're doing on the front end and the back end and how we're bookending these experiences are so incredibly important. What does your uh, ritual or routine look like on your way uh, to, to your job here on the bus, as you said? Yeah, well, it starts um, that that particular that particular experience. Uh, I would have a forty five minute forty five minute to an hour, depending on the weather, drive to the bus, where then I would park, and it would be at the you know at the crack of dawn. It's like five before five a.m. And I designed a a little routine that I did for myself um, that I created for myself, which is a combination of like mute movement and med- and meditation and and it had to do with um the the four poles you know north uh south west north east and i would stand on the at the port of hood river uh, you know on the banks of the columbia river and uh i would do that and for me it was it's been a practice that now like i do every day and it centers me in my body it reminds me that i'm a physical being but that it connects my spiritual being to my physical being. And I kind of get centered for the day and I say, okay. And what I figured out in that practice, because for me, and I just designed it, what I need, like, I think that's what uh, we all have our own path and uh, your, your, your practice probably isn't going to work for me. And so then I would say, um, for me, it was in the South is about light is reminding myself that I am light in the West is because I the, I think of the West as the as the surf as the ocean because it's close to me here and that powerful always present you know movement about fun and about energy and so reminding myself that whatever happens today I can greet it with that energy of of playfulness and to the North is always about power and reminding myself that everything that I am and everything I need is right within me and I am just as powerful as any anybody, anything, I can do whatever. Um, you know, and then to the East is that what for, you know, for me living on the West, when I look East, it's that wide open, like the land is before you. And so for me, it's like, open up your wings and fly with the day. So for me, and I do this little thing and depending on how much time I had, it could be super long or it could be really short. And then I would do some balance exercises to ground myself and I'd get on the bus and I would, um, what, how am I showing up today? What am I going to show up? And that practice kind of leads me into it a little bit. Some days, like I'll feel really strongly, like I need to be light today. Like, I think that's what I'm being called today. I'm called to be being light. So I focus on just doing that, like being light. Sometimes it's like being playful sometimes. Right. So I just center myself on what, what the day looks like. I think about the people I think about um, the experience they're going to have, I think about them driving up the mountain and cause I believe that's part of that whole experience is like, that's my job is to ensure that people get on lifts safely, efficiently, and with, you know, it's part of the experience. So, and then once I'm there, it's just, ba- it's just boots on the ground because once I get there, it's a lot of work to do. It's a lot of work to set up. It's physical. It's if I haven't spent that time to ground myself and center myself and have a plan for the day. I just kind of spin. And then on it's just on the reverse on the way home. On the way home, I make notes like, 
how did I do? <laughs> like a little debrief. How did I do? Yeah. You know, oh, that one guy really pushed my buttons. Why did he push my buttons? What can I learn from that? How can I, you know, how can I tell a different story about what that person is? One of those things that for me, that's that like story thing, because I think one of the things where I got really mad at someone was because I'm kind of a control freak. And so I'm in charge of the line. So if you're cutting in line, I'm like, hey, dude, what's going on? Like, nah, -uh. yeah, like, this is my show. Like, you'll go when I tell you, you can go, right? <laughs> and so when somebody did that once and I was really mad, like he just kind of really like blew in there and I gave him grief and not very nice grief. You know, I, I was mad and he looked at me, he goes, oh, I was just so excited. I just can't wait to get up there. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that was the story that I needed for every future person that was going to cut the line. I don't care if they were trying to cut the line. I'm going to tell the story that they're just so damn excited to get up there. Yeah. that They just can't wait. And then yeah. that makes me, allows me to treat them with that love. Like mm -hmm. as long as I tell that story about them, and not the story that they're trying to cut the line and be a jerk, but that they're just excited. You know, those are the, those for me are those big wins where you like, somebody helps you see the possibility of something other than I'm being a jerk. That's amazing. You're so brilliant. And people listening and watching, I mean, I really hope that you're soaking this up. <laughs> Karen is such a powerful storyteller. Uh, and, and she just, and these are real stories, real experiences uh, tuning, tune in right now to how you're feeling with her words, because this is, this is some, this is some real frontline authenticity. And she is such a, a well-articulated human being. You are, I'm talking to you now, you are such a well-articulated <laughs> human being because you do the work. And that's the thing is you do, you're deliberate about it. I loved what you said about designing a routine that works for you. And that's so important because your routine might not work for me, might not work for somebody else listening, but we can feel that you're so congruent right now with your routine. It is a part of who you are. And that's how you get to what I call getting into your place of power. And what I'm hearing you talk about is that you're really, you know, you're in your place of power. It's coming from within you. You're, you're, you're there. And what you're doing here is you're doing, um, you're being proactive about retuning your internal instrument, about getting yourself in your place of power so that when you show up to your gig, your, your work, then you're, then you're reacting to all of the external people and forces and situations, and you're reacting in a way that is that is not a, a knee-jerk reaction, but more of a, a quality response where you're doing it with compassion, with power, with uh, you know, with empathy, with kindness. Um, and I love what you said there about movement and meditation. You know, you have movement and meditation. You said you have music in there as well. Obviously, you know, my belief is music is such an underutilized tool in our society. And it's so undeniably powerful. We can use it to help, to heal, to stimulate, to relax, all of that stuff. But I love that connection you have to North, South, East, and West. That's so, so powerful, uh, Kieran. And I, I mean, wow, that's <laughs> just, I I'm going to listen back to this interview and listen back to what you just said and internalize that because that was just incredible, really incredible stuff. Um, how do you, you know... Well yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, yeah. I'm going to thank you for that because you're the one, you're the one that helped me create that. Like your, your work working with you helped me to do that. So, th so thank you. <laughs> and usually the music I'm playing is yours. 
I'm doing some, yeah. So beautiful, uh, beautiful. <laughs> I, I didn't. I am not paying Karen to do a mindset music plug for any. Uh, you know, by all means. But since but. you brought it up, yeah, there is some some pretty cool music that I've created that's available too. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it, sister. How do you um, how do you get out of? Because you radiate so much love and light. And that's, that's obvious. It is omnipresent in your words and your energy. Um, what do you have any techniques, um, when you get in into a funk, like you mentioned story, like sometimes you go into a story or something like that, uh, whether it's somebody cutting in line or, you know, or, or, or less preferred situation, uh, do you have any tools or techniques that, that you do to get out of that, that funk? Yeah. So I have, the practices that I have, <laughs> which are to walk in the woods, um, mm. that that's a daily thing that even if I don't, you know, it's just like, you just do it. And sometimes you don't remember until you're there, like, oh, that's right. I really need this. Um, and particularly if I'm super in a funk, it usually, it means I haven't done it for a while. Mm. Um, for me also, it's about dancing. If I put music on guaranteed, no matter how bad I feel, if I put music on and start moving, it just moves everything through that I'm struggling with. You know, it kind of gets me back into that. I am love and light. That's what we all are. Like it just kind of gets back to that. And I find that for myself, that funk is usually centered upon some kind of, uh, some kind of way away as me. Like, right. <laughs> if I'm focused on myself and what I don't have or what I, all the things, you know, the disappointments, that's where I get in a funk. If I, if I focus on being love and light to another person, that's what, that's what helps me. Like, just go serve, just go smile at someone, just go serve someone, you know? So I dance in my, I dance in my neighborhood, which for me is a really good thing. And, um, to see people when I go by, you know, in the cars, like driving by and I'll wave at them and it just makes people happy and it makes me happy. I was like, well, that's just a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you, and you thrive off of that. I want to unpack that a little bit more, but you said a couple of things, a couple of ways that you get out of a funk are walk in the woods, dancing through the streets. Um, and you know, that's kind of recalibrating yourself, getting back in your, uh, back to what you said is that, that love and light, uh, centered place there. Um, what is it about walking in the woods? And we're going to get to dancing in a moment. Cause I know that's one of your big passions. What is it about walking in the woods? Do you think that gets you back to that place of love and light? Well, because the, because it has, because it is my sanctuary, it is the place where I can see myself in the biggest glory ever, like where I see the masterpiece that I am and I feel supported and I, and I'm able to do that. And I feel the love of the world uh, in that natural setting. I don't, that. I don't, you know, I don't know if that could be, you know, if other people feel that that's just how I am. So I get in there and I'm instantly, and, and it's like, I was telling somebody this yesterday. I feel like with sanctuary, it's not a place you're supposed to stay, you know? And I feel like a lot of times, um, my first, when I was really struggling and walking through, uh, trying to heal and get to this place that I walked in the woods every day. And I got to a point where I felt like one day the trees just said, you need to get out of here. Like you need to get out of the woods and you need to get out on the sidewalk 
and start loving people out there. Right. Yeah. It was like this. And so sometimes I feel like that. I feel like that. Um, when I'm there, I feel like nature speaks to me. I see owls all the time lately. They're constantly like right there, like on a tree, like right next to me in the middle of the day. I'm like, why is that? You know, I feel like yeah. I think they have a message. I don't know. Like just, it's my place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that so much. It makes me think of a couple of things. What you said was the sanctuary is not a place to stay. It seems like it's a place to go and rejuvenate, to, to remember your truth, but then to bring it back to the streets, as you said. And it made me think of uh, the movie Soul. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's a, yeah, so it's a very good movie. I highly recommend it, but they talk about people that get in the zone, like with sports or singing or music or whatnot. Um, and they get in the zone and they go to this other place and it's a really awesome place to go and to visit, but not to just be there all the time. Cause we get lost in the zone and then we're not kind of like grounded in reality, so to speak. And I love what you're saying because that's such a classic, um, stereotype of people that are, that are maybe meditation experts or practice mindfulness on a, on a deep level, um, or, you know, a level of mastery so often we put them into this bucket of, oh, they're gurus and they go to the cave for 30 years and they just hibernate there and they have all white on and they're smudging and all of that, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking it. A very, very cool uh, you know, choice that they're making. But what you're saying is you go, you get that nugget, you get that inspiration, you get that reboot or recharge or rejuvenation, and then you go and you share it. And what really lights you up is applying it to the three-dimensional world, applying it to the reality of being a human and dancing in the streets because then you see that immediate smile on somebody else's face, as you said, when, when they're driving and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, like... I talk a lot about, you know, I talk a lot about love and light and, you know, and shining, like shine your light in the world. But I am not a, I'm not a, like, oh, like a super woo woo kind of person. I believe all that, but I'm a boots on the ground. We all eat, sleep, poop, drink water. That's pretty much right. Like the majority of life is just hardcore, right? We wake up and we're just going through a day, right? We work, we, we do that. It's not all this kind of like esoteric uh like land of oz kind of i don't know like what to call it but it's yeah, like yeah. it's reality right like it's we go to the grocery store we have to do things we we have to like do chores we have to we have to live yep. and we have to survive right yeah we count I, on a lot of people to survive really yeah. as a collective as a collective society well you well there's one thing i always say and then uh and that is that even unicorns fart because it's nice i love the fantasy you know that's my jam but it's like hey let's bring it back to reality people and 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 karen you actually have a background in engineering so you're a very you know you're a very scientific thinker and you you are a very organized and linear brain uh uh, thinker yeah and that's really uh, powerful for me in order to like the like let's just take the job as a lifty that, that my my job part of what what enabled me to do that is because I'm a systems thinker because I'm a like so I'm like quickly in the first couple weeks of the season it's like okay how do we do this how do we get this set up done like l- let's you know organize these reels so that every day I don't have to think about what what rope line goes on what you know thing like literally if it was up to half of the the staff at the end of the season they you know it's like oh what are we doing right like but I'm yeah. really about let's create systems 
that enable us to streamline everything so that we can do what we do, which is human, be human, right? Because really that's what we all want is the human Mm. experience. And the more that you can create systems, the more comfort, you know, it's like, what do we do with all the comfort that we've created in our life? Like if we have, if we're not using that comfort to better each, better each other, then why do we have it? Right? Like, that's how I think, like everything should be so that we can be better humans to ourselves and to others. Absolutely, sister. Absolutely. And, and one, one thing that makes me think of is, you know, people are always saying, think outside of the box, think outside of the box. And I'm like, give me a box, please. Right. It's like, yes, let's think outside of our current belief system or our current box. Yeah. But then let's build another box. Then we can get creative. We can paint the walls, different colors, suspend aerial apparatus from the ceiling, spring the floors with trampolines. We can do whatever we want in there, but we need a box. And that's what I love about what you're saying here, because you're creating that box, that system, that structure, the nuts and bolts are all there. It's taken care of. And then you can show up, be fully present in the moment and improvise with the jazz of life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's really my mission to help hospitality companies figure that out because really, you know, that whole front lines of service is filled with people that want to be just like, really, I think that want to have a job and be able to do a job the same way I do that job with, with joy and satisfaction. But that requires a certain, a level of, of organization and, you know, and preparation. And that just doesn't happen. It's like, you can't just like hire people and say, Hey, go out and really be nice to people and great exceptional customer experiences, but you haven't given them any tools to, to enable them to do that. It's yeah. So that's kind of my mission. And I, it is totally, and you're doing a great job. And I see that unfolding with your practices on two levels. One is there's this, the, the systems and the organization of like the lines and everything that you were talking about, um, you know, in, in, inside of that workflow. But then there's the second one, which is this, which is the specific routine and the disciplined exercise of getting yourself in tune, aligning your mind, your body with your movement practices and, and deliberately engineering that type of a, of a, of a pregame ritual or routine. Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, I feel like one of the the biggest challenges we have as humans is work, Um, being human at work. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just go to work and you kind of like, I'm going to go to work and you're not really showing up as your full human self. Like like we go like, and we're halfway there because we're just doing it right. Like a lot of people just have jobs or you're just going, you're just going and you're just punching the time clock or, or whatever, you know, even if you're, um, and that is a detriment to our, to our personal well-being. The more that we sh- can show up as our best self all the time, the better off we all are as a society. Like, it's not like we don't stop being human when we go to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <We just don't. laughs> I love that. I love that. Being human at work is so powerful. Um, how do you hope to inspire listeners today? Oh, well, I, I, I think my ultimate inspiration for people all the time is that, you know, to remind people that they are such a masterpiece, you know, <laughs> that my whole thing is we're all masterpieces and, uh, made with love by love for love. That's kind of my, that's my little, that's my mm-hmm. little thing. And so that's the baseline. But other than that, it's, uh, showing up in the world, showing up in your truth, um, to, uh, as, big as you can, um, with love in your heart. And that's where it all begins. 
Absolutely. That's powerful. That's powerful. And again, for, for the people listening here, uh, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to follow, follow you, uh, be connected to, to you and your community and all of the awesomeness that you're creating, how can people find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook um, at Karen the Dancing Lady is uh, my handle. And I also have um, two websites. One is Illuminated Hospitality, which is my business um, business piece. And then I have something called The Firefly Life, which is about being a firefly, lighting up the world with your light. And that's thefireflylife.com. So, I love it. I yeah. love it. That's powerful. So, so you said Karen the Dancing Lady? Yeah. Is the first one. And then you said Illuminated Hospitality. Mm-hmm. And then... The, you said, the, tell me the firefly, the firefly life, the, the firefly life. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And, and they're all different iterations, but they're all connected at the core of who you are, uh, which is what I, I love so much is that you are in such, such deep vibrational congruency with everything that you do, as you say, being the human at work. And that's what really inspires me about you. Um, it's just, it's so incredible. And, and, and it just reminded me when you gave, uh, the, the, the call to action for people to keep in touch with you there. Uh, I didn't come back to the dancing part and I want to talk about, <laughs> about that a little bit more. You mentioned something about dancing in the streets and you literally dance in the streets. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, this was a, um, this was a pandemic. This has started in the pandemic, which was, I realized that, wow, like community is the people that we're surrounded by. Like that I, I was like a lot of people like in movement all the time, going to like, going to into Portland to see my people to, you know, hang out with my tribe, but really the people that you're surrounded with are your community, the Mm -hmm. energy. And so I started to, I have a border collie and even at 10, he's got more energy than, you know, so, and he needs a walk. So I leash him up. I crank some tunes. And what, and I just dance, I live on a hill, so I get to go down, which is nice. Um, and I wind through the neighborhoods. And so it's a physical exercise, but at the same time, it's a spiritual exercise for me to, when I start out, it's about, I think that dance is a way to move my energy throughout myself, but also out into the world. So I center myself on love for all the people in my neighborhood, in you know, in my community right here, and I head out, and that's what I'm doing. I'm sp- I'm sprinkling love in the streets, and sometimes I'll kind of forget, and it's, something will come up, and I'm like, oh, no, remember, this is about love, right? This is about love, even if they right, even if they don't see you, who's behind that door? I'm kind of like going by, going, yeah, yep, yep, and and then the third thing, it's a practice, it's a mental practice for me to retell all the stories in my head so that when somebody goes by and gives me kind of a look, um, like, why is that lady dancing in the street? You know, the, the yeah. whole, the whole stories that we tell about doing something that people don't do and, and having to do that over and over again, like, it's okay. It's all right. Right. Uh, and tell myself that, no, they're thinking, oh yeah, there's that lady reminding me that it's going to be a great day today. <laughs> right. So if, as, if I'm telling that story, as opposed to saying, yes. wow, that person's driving by and saying, why is that, you know, what's that crazy lady and what did she just smoke or whatever. Right. If that's a story I'm telling, that's not going to do anybody any good. So it's, for me, it's a mental exercise to continually, continually tell a story, uh, that 
uplifts myself. And then hopefully I think that that translates into that's what people see, right? Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm telling whatever they, whatever I'm telling is what people are seeing. So incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I'm, 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 this is my mission to make that like a real ex, a real thing. Like really, I really encourage people. It's an incredible practice, physical, spiritual, mental yeah. exercise, all yes. in one thing, dancing yes. in the street. <laughs> dancing in the street. I love that physical, <laughs> mental, spiritual, everything you're healing, you're sprinkling love, as you said, you're also, as a byproduct, you're getting your exercise on with that movement. You're getting your chi and your energy and your blood flowing and everything's like going through you. I mean, so you're healing yourself while you're healing others. Um, it's, and I love, uh, you know, that really ties back to what we were talking about earlier was, you know, it's not what, it's why and how, you know, it's like, what's the intention behind it? How are we doing it? That's what really matters. And that's the key ingredient uh, for this, for this magical recipe of life, you know, and, 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 and you're baking that in. I mean, that's the, that's a big, that's like a, that's like an 80% ingredient for you. You're like, yeah, whether I'm doing the lifty, whether I'm doing the dancing, well, you know, uh, frontline and whatever it is, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm baking in the good stuff there to this mm -hmm. recipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love this, this, this story uh, this mental exercise that you talked about, about the story that you're telling yourself. I want to unpack that a little bit more because I know that there are people listening right now that, that have stories. We all have stories, myself included. Um, we all have stories that we tell ourselves. Are there any, are there any techniques and you kind of alluded to it there, but just to really get that in for the listeners, are there any things that you do to, to rewrite that, that narrative of your internal dialogue or rewrite that story to one of positivity of service and, and things like that? Yeah. Well, it usually all starts when something happens that triggers me into that state of like some kind of like, e, right. Like that little rub, like, mm. um, and it used to be driving, like, like how many times I'm going to really aggressive driver and I would get so irritated with people like, and then I realized, well, they're, I, I'm telling the story that they're doing this on purpose. Like, why am I irritated? I'm irritated because I'm telling the story that they're doing this on purpose to make mm -hmm. me mad. Well, that's ridiculous, right? It was, it's totally, half of what we think is totally ridiculous. So it was just that mental, like, okay, what can I say? Well, I could say, well, like, oh, well, how many times have I cut someone off unintentionally? Oh, they probably don't even know okay, they don't even know. Whoops, sorry, dude, right? And then suddenly, and I feel better because now I'm not pissed. I'm not like, so it's this constant whenever something happens and people do things that are not nice uh, a lot. But to always tell the story that they're doing that intentionally does great harm to my personal well-being. So as much as I can kind of feel that and go, oh, that doesn't feel so good, but why doesn't it feel good? Because this is the story I'm telling. So in the moment, I'm like, what would I be doing that I might be doing that? Like, kind of like I am you, right? Like I, I need to see them as me. And if as soon as I can see them as me and figure out a way, like this is what I, this is my current struggle with um, people that do things or believe things that I don't believe, I kind of have to put myself in their shoe. Like in what way would I ever think, be able to think this, right? What is a possibility 
<laughs> so that I don't know if I'm articulating that very well, but yes, 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 yeah. yes. I did are. it with a friend recently where he was stre- he was really it was he was so stressing out about something that happened with an ex landlord and they were coming down on for back rent and all this stuff, and he was just like in this oh my heavens like all the things that were going to happen that aren't real, yeah, right all the things that aren't real. And so I stopped and I said, okay, let's just stop and let's figure out a way. Like, let's tell a good story. How would this end? How is this possible to end good? Yeah. Well, whatever. And it was like, no, none of that is real. Let's tell a good story. What's possible? What is in the realm of possibility that we can rewrite this? And as long as you can hold on to that and move forward, that's more likely to happen because what you're doing in telling that story of all the crap that's going to happen is you're just making all that crap happen because you're adding to it. So it's that constant thinking about the stories that we're telling about people, intention, um, you know, motive. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. What's really happening. Yeah. Because most of it we don't know. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, rewrite the narrative of the internal dialogue in order to get out there and spread the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, order, and, and also order to feel the good stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of it is like it's kind of selfish, right? <laughs> like, it's like, I want to feel good. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be irritated. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be all those things. Yeah. I want to feel them and let it go through. But how do I let it go through? Well, by telling a story of what's possible, like, you know, that makes me okay with it. Yeah. To not yeah. only give the good stuff, but to receive the good stuff. And that's the you know, comes down to the law of reciprocity, which I'm teaching Elijah, our five-year-old. I actually got him to say it yesterday. We went to, uh, we went to Chipotle. We, we had a big storm come through, uh, Atlanta and it knocked out our power. And so we looked at it as an opportunity and we're like, all right, what are we going to do? Let's go to Chipotle and get dinner. So we went to Chipotle, we went in, he's making friends and talking to everybody there, you know, we're all masked up and everything. So it's, you know, everybody's socially distanced, but he's just chatting up a storm. We come through the line, he's chatting to the guy making our burritos for us. And he's just like, at the end, he's like, thank you so much. We really appreciate you making dinner for us. And he's just dying. Like, this is his this is his vocabulary that's baked into him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll take some credit. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but this is his dialogue. And then the, the, the lady checking out was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, you were so cool. She's like, I threw in a little apple juice just for you. Okay. And so he got a, a free apple juice, you know, out of the deal, which he didn't do it for the apple juice, but he was giving that he was complimenting. He was giving love. He was lighting people up. And then in return, the law of reciprocity gave him a little, a little, uh, apple juice treat, uh, for him and his brother. Uh, but that's, that's totally it. So we're not only, we're not only spreading the good stuff, giving the good stuff, radiating, illuminating. Um, but we're also receiving that, uh, as the law of reciprocity happens and we're open and receptive to receiving that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good parenting. You're doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Not all situations are exactly, uh, you know, fantasy cookie cutter like that, but when they do happen, it is quite lovely. And I start to glow and I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) that's my son. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Karen, give us one more call to action. As we wrap up here, one more call to action, tell people uh, listening where, where they can find you one more time. Yeah. Instagram, Karen, the dancing lady. That's a big one. Um, lots of everyday, everyday good stuff. The fireflylife.com and illuminated hospitality. Beautiful, beautiful. It has been an honor having you here. 
Um, you're so glorious. And I definitely want to have you back. And yeah, it's so much wisdom. And I'm going to replay this uh, podcast and listen and make notes. And it, <laughs> so many gold nuggets in there. Uh, just incredible stuff. Uh, so as we wrap up here, I want to uh, thank all the listeners for listening. I want to thank the sponsors. Oh, wait, we don't have sponsors yet. But if you are listening and you are interested in sponsoring this movement, please get in touch with us at spreadthegoodstuff.com. We are looking for uh, creating partnerships uh, with amazing people who would like to sponsor something like this. So if you or somebody you know would like to sponsor this, uh, make sure to uh, to contact us at spreadthegoodstuff.com. And uh, if you found value in this podcast, make sure to, uh, to spread it, to share it with somebody else who might need this pick-me-up, this reminder, some of this amazing content that Karen dropped on us today. And uh, thank you again for everybody. Have an amazing day. I'm Bron Lee, your host, better known as the Good Stuff Guy. And get out there, my friends, and spread the good stuff because the world needs you to shine your light brightly and sing your theme song at the top of your lungs. All right, my friends, have an amazing day. <laughs>